listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm Umbreen Khan. We're exploring the relationship between food and faith. Many religious traditions, as well as ethical values, emphasize the importance of providing for our neighbors who are less fortunate, particularly making sure they are fed and nourished. Take, for example, the practice in the Sikh faith, known as langar. Which is the free communal food offering and meal. It's open. All, all people are welcome. Benjamin Zeller, Associate Professor of Religion at Lake Forest College, says Sikhs prepare these meals at their houses of worship, called gurdwaras. And the fare is always vegetarian. But Zeller explains... Sikhs are not vegetarians. That is not a teaching within Sikhism. Yet they actually practice a more restrictive set of food regulations than than in the religion itself, meaning that they intentionally prepare food which can be consumed by Hindus, by Muslims, by Jains, by Buddhists, by Sikhs, by, by Christians, by Jews, because it's meant to be open and sort of a common food denominator for all people. I find that a lovely image. And in fact, when I teach religion and food, I always bring my students to the local Gurdwara to talk about that. Because that, that's really it's a wonderful image of the way in which one particular religious tradition uses food as a way to welcome the neighbor and to say, well, we're actually, in this case, we're preparing food that everyone can eat and everyone can feel welcome. The Langar tradition dates back to the 1500s, and these meals can grow to impressive sizes, most notably the one held at Sikhism's most historic and notable Gurdwara. In India, at the Golden Temple, which is the spiritual center for the Sikh religion, they serve about 80,000 people every single day, and on the weekend that can get up to 160,000 people. That's Caitlin Yoshiko Kandil, a freelance reporter based in Southern California. So this tradition of langar still continues today. I mean, most gurdwaras in the U.S. and around the world still prepare food um, and distribute it to the poor in their communities. Yoshiko Kandil says these days, some Sikhs are putting a twist on the traditional langar. In a recent piece for NBC News, she featured Ravinder and Jackie Singh. They're really kind and joyful people. An interfaith couple in Los Angeles County who decided to take langar out of the Gurdwara and into the streets using a food truck. What was interesting about what they were doing is that they took this tradition of langar but modernized it. They realized that they weren't reaching all of the homeless people in the city because not everyone could reach the physical building of the Gurdwara. So they decided to put it on wheels, to put it in a food truck, and that way they'd be able to reach more people throughout the city. Ravi Singh says the share a meal program he and Jackie started 10 years ago was in part a response to the growing numbers of homeless people in the county. We used to live in Santa Monica and the homeless people will come through the alleys and will take out the food, whatever is in the trash cans all along. And we used to feel quite, I would say, crummy about it. That's such a wealthy country. There is something amiss in the system that we can't take care of the few that fall through the cracks of the system and they have to go through this. So there was something wrong we felt about it. Uh, me as an immigrant could had such a upward mobility in getting established as far as I've gotten and something wasn't fitting well that this was happening. But Singh says the idea to expand the reach of Langar only came after his family undertook some interfaith exploration. See, Jackie is Christian, 
Ravi is sick. We married and faith was never an issue in our minds. On Christmas Day, I'll go to her church and uh, when she visited India, she'll go to Gurdwaras, which is Sikh churches. And then they face the same questions so many multi-faith families do. What to teach their kids, in this case, son Justin. So comes Justin and he's a little blank slate. So he comes home as a natural curiosity, Dad, what's God? So I looked at Jackie and we kind of rolled our eyes how to explain this huge question. Don't know even we can answer that, but we said, how about Justin? It's something that you experience and it's a very inside experience that you will one day relate to in some way. How about we expose you? One weekend we're going to take you to mom's church and one weekend we're going to go to a Sikh Gurdwaras uh, being managed by American Sikhs and you will experience their way of relating to God and maybe when you grow up you will figure out your relationship whichever way it forms, if at all it forms. So lo and behold, when Jackie and Justin will come one weekend over to the Sikh Gurdwara, Jackie got so curious about Langar because there she would see almost 150 people partaking food, setting up the system of serving. And she was very impressed with that and started to compare that that doesn't happen in a church where they just ask for a donation of a dollar or two in a jar and then you get coffees and some muffin or donut. And she was going, this is how it should be. And so she offered to volunteer to help them on that. And then Singh says the family had a chance to visit India's Golden Temple, the one Yoshiko Kandal described earlier. Singh explains the origin behind the huge langar held there, a story about what is called true trade. Langar tradition started back from the first Sikh guru, Guru Nanak. He was a young boy, very spiritual, uh, right from the get-go. And his father was a retail grocer in the little township or village. That area is nowadays in Pakistan, but then India. So he was asked by his father to go and get some wholesale from the next door town and gave him 20 rupees to go do a trade. Along the way, as he got out of the town, there were some monks hanging out there and they said, we're just out here in the town and we were just hanging in. If we could get served by somebody, he goes, come over to my place and I'll serve you. And they said, oh, no, 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 we don't go begging on people's doors. It's God's gift. If it has to happen, it will happen here. So he used that 20 rupees and served them. And obviously, when he got home, he got scolded by his father that I sent him to do a trade. And what did you end up doing? And he responded that I did the true trade. In other words, I was gifted this. Nothing belongs to me. I just passed it on where the need was. And they were God's people. And I happened to be blessed with God's money. And I just did the true trade. Singh says the tradition of serving this meal was later institutionalized by the guru at his commune. There, his followers would serve pilgrims, travelers, and those who were hungry, regardless of religion, race, caste, or other characteristics. That tradition got set up at that time. The following six gurus carried it to the point that now in Golden Temple, this keeps on going. It has never stopped. 24-7, 365, 
Langar goes on. And visiting the Langar at the Golden Temple inspired the Singh family to put their faith into action. That's where our inspiration came that, you know, the spirit doesn't need to be in churches or gurdwaras or temples. Uh, it needs to be on the streets where the need is. So we came up with the idea at that time that we're going to do something. And that inspiration was to buy a food truck and just go to Skid Row, just go to the homeless encampments and serve them where they are. The family then created an organization called Khalsa Peace Corps, under which the Share a Meal program operates. Singh says Khalsa, which means pure, refers to a group of Sikh warriors who fought the Mongol Empire in India so that they could continue to practice their own faith and not be forced to convert. He says today many Sikhs wear a small sword, or kirpan, in reference to the spiritual warriors of the Khalsa. But Singh says he thinks of the Khalsa as a humanitarian force, and he often wonders if other Sikhs are following in their footsteps to fight social injustices. I used to tell them, or I used to question them, where is your real sword and what is your real cause? Why you keep on wearing as symbolic swords? And I mean, I used to <laughs> give them a little bad time. Is it for cutting apples now? Or I mean, what is the purpose that you are serving these days? Even though Singh had the Khalsa tradition to draw upon, he had no such model when it came to running a food truck, much less one meant to serve thousands of people. He says he and Jackie had no experience. <laughs> Jackie even did the first time 25 meal thing. She was, I mean, she was up awake. She had never cooked for more than a larger family of seven people or eight people, and that was it or on a Thanksgiving, maybe 12 people. So even that was a challenge to her. So now when we started it, we were very naive. So naive that eventually they realized the trailer they originally bought to transport the food wasn't exactly ideal for driving around city streets. Now they have two food trucks out of which they serve burritos. Singh says the burritos contain rice, beans, veggies, and traditional Indian curries. Plus, they store and travel well. And they can be kept vegetarian, as langar meals traditionally are. It was perfect langar-style food. Caitlin Yoshiko Kandil, the reporter who wrote about the Sings, got a chance to see how the thousands of burritos are put together. Jackie showed me this big industrial-sized fridge that they have, and she had some bins of masala paste that she had prepared in advance. And the students were making rice and beans and vegetables that they would eventually load onto the food truck um, and take down to the site where they're going to distribute it. Um, and Ravi was telling me that all the recipes are traditional Indian recipes that they learned from women at their gurdwara who had been making langar food in the community. And she describes the burritos themselves. It was a tortilla and it was filled with white rice, beans, vegetables, and the curry paste that Jackie makes from scratch. Um, and they have mild and spicy versions to make sure that it appeals to everyone. Um, and I took the mild one. And it was really good. Not only have the Sings learned how to make a tasty meal with traditional flavors, but they've also expanded the Share a Meal program over the last 10 years. The two trucks that they have go to several sites around the city, um, including Skid Row, Hollywood, Venice Beach, um, and they typically feed up to 200 people per night. 
Um, and the volunteers that I talked to said that usually they see regulars when they go out at night. These are people that they see every single week who are waiting for them um, to come by. And, and those regulars, they've gotten to know really well and they've developed a relationship with them. Yoshiko Kandil says those connections are at the heart of the Singh's model. So Ravi likes to talk about compassion a lot. He talks about how this work is cultivating compassion in all of us. And I think he believes that in doing this work, we're developing the kindness and compassion in ourselves. And, and that's really important to him. She says tons of people want to volunteer with the organization. And a chapter has even been established at the University of Southern California. But what's interesting is most of the volunteers aren't sick. And Singh says having a share a meal be interfaith was intentional, hearkening back to the original Lungar tradition of serving people of all faiths and backgrounds. I think we are blessed. If you come any night, you will see 99% of them are all faiths, all races, all cultures, all ethnicities, and maybe less than 1% are Sikhs in there. So, I mean, that's my dream come true right there, which is what we wanted. Singh is overwhelmed by the number of people who want to help, from churches to synagogues to mosques. There's so many volunteers, I can open up more routes, but there's limitation on the money at this point. The volunteers have been like 165, 40. It's such a big crowd to manage. He says what's invaluable is the help being given to the community and the spiritual growth volunteers experience firsthand. When I talk to our volunteers, what my favorite thing to mention to them is that you receive more than what you give. When you go out there, you're basically giving them $2.50 worth of burrito. And what I tell them is to make a human connection there. And that gives you a feeling that I, I did some good deed. But in reality, what's happening is your spiritual journey has started. You have started to talk to your soul. Oh, why did I feel that way? Why did I, why do I like it? The reality of it is you are walking away with an invaluable journey that you are going to take within yourself that no amount of money can place a value on it. So in this process, we all come together. It doesn't matter what faith you are from. And every faith talks about service. I don't know any faith that doesn't talk about serving and feeding, helping the others. So that's what I tell them, no matter what faith you're coming from, in service, we come together. That was Ravinder Ravi Singh, head of the Share a Meal program under the Khalsa Peace Corps, and journalist Caitlin Yoshiko Kandil. That's all for this week's episode. Inspired is a production of Interfaith Voices, an independent nonprofit that is listener-supported. To learn more about us, explore our archives, and subscribe to our podcast, visit interfaithradio.org. This week's episode was produced by Kevin McCarthy. A special thanks to producers Melissa Fato and Stephanie Lecce, and to our founder, Maureen Fiedler. Wherever you are, we hope you are safe and connected. I'm host and executive producer Umbreen Khan. See you next week.